0: Welcome to Recreate Parenting, the podcast from licensed therapist and author Roya Dato. We're going to talk about creative tools for more connection so that you can release fear and find joy in all of the places your kids take you. This podcast is especially wonderful for those of you who feel like your families don't quite fit the mold. People complain about teenagers all the time and it's getting old. How many stereotypes are there about teenagers who are just irritable or angry or moody all the time? That they're isolating or cocooning or withdrawing or whatever the phrase is that we want to use. There are so many depictions in pop culture and media of teenagers uh, just being like, I don't know, antisocial little misfits. Can the teenage years be hard? Yes, absolutely. I don't know about you. I remember my teenage years, they were not easy for me. I'm sure they were not easy for my parents. There's a lot of conflict, both inner and outer, and turmoil, and hormones, and stress, and big scary adulting kind of things, new ideas and values, a ton of interpersonal relationship stuff going on. I mean, it is a very fraught time period in our lives. So if you've got a teenager you used to be a teenager. So I want to invite you to think more compassionately about what they're going through. And that's the point of today's podcast is to do a little bit of this to that. I'm going to talk about a stereotypical negative teenage uh, trope. And we're going to talk about what it might really be reading between the lines or what the subtext is with the idea that a little more understanding will lead to a little more compassion, which will lead to a little more connection and a better relationship for y'all. So the first one is irritability. And this is a gimme, everybody. Irritability is so often due to anxiety or being overwhelmed. For me, that's how my anxiety shows up almost 100% of the time. If I'm stressed, if I'm overwhelmed, if I'm feeling pressured, If I'm feeling like the water is up to my eyebrows and I'm drowning, I don't have panic attacks so much as I have anger attacks. I snap at people, even undeserving people, and it's not about them, and at some point I feel tremendously guilty, and I hope I apologize to everyone who's ever encountered the wrath of Roya in those moments, but there's so much fog happening around my head, but like, fog plus white noise, and all of the intrusive thoughts and all of the spinny anxiety feeling. And then if someone comes up and tries to ask something of me or give me something or pull me out of that place where my brain is so focused on helping me survive that moment, then I snap at them. And I am a relatively well adjusted woman with many resources who is past the teenage years, and this still happens to me. When You're a teenager and every part of the world is feeling a little overwhelming. I don't blame anybody for feeling irritable kind of all of the time. Now, if you are one of my clients, you might say to me at this moment, okay, so is it all right that my teenager just snaps at me or yells at me or is moody at me all the time? And I'm going to say two things. The first one is take that at me part out of it. Remember that that feeling is more about them than it is about you. There's a very good chance that you are not really factoring in that picture at all, and maybe it would help if you recognize that it's not about you in that situation. The other piece is no, it's not really okay to talk to people like that. But here's the deal, our feelings and our behaviors are two separate things, and that's the part to talk to your kids about. That's the piece to focus on, not stop being irritated, right? Not stop being irritable, but the fact that you're taking that irritability, you're taking that fear and anxiety, and you're using a behavior in a certain way that doesn't feel good to somebody else. So biggest tip for parents is don't address the behavior, that's the surface piece, but go straight to the root of it. Go straight to the part about the anxiety or the feeling overwhelmed. Even in your own language, make sure you really separate out the behavior that they're using versus the feeling that they're having all right number two stereotype for teenagers is that they isolate that they go into their room and they go into their little hole and they don't even want to see the light of day or have dinner with their family or have movie night or whatever it is i would like you to reframe this as resting not isolating resting as percolating as growing cheesy therapy metaphor but seeds need darkness before they sprout your kids need to rest they need that before they can grow do you remember when your kids were babies or toddlers and you could tell a huge physical milestone was happening because they would sleep a lot like the month before you know they suddenly learned how to walk They'd go through what we call disequilibrium periods as well, where sometimes their mood was impacted and you would always look backwards and be like, oh, that's why they were so, you know, restless or cranky or grumpy or sleepy or whatever, because look at this big thing that just happened. Their brains were really busy. Teenagers are the same and we're all the same, but teenagers are going through also tremendous amounts of disequilibrium periods before tremendous amounts of growth. So they need time to rest. A third thing that teens are famous for is for the ongoing friend drama. And lots of people will say that with an eye roll or a groan, um, basically saying that that friend drama, that social drama, is something silly, not valuable, a waste of time, um, you know, whatever minimizing language that the person might use. You get to switch out friend drama with language like interpersonal awareness or that your kid is building emotional intelligence. Teenagers at that stage of psychosocial development are acutely aware of what is happening in their group dynamics. It's important. This is a really crucial part of human development. They're figuring out where they fit in the world and that starts with the group of people that are important to them. Their friends. They're figuring out their role, their identity. There's a lot of big picture questions that come up within the guise of, air quotes, friend drama. And they need a lot of time to process it, to talk about it, to look at it from different angles, to try on a point of view and then switch it for another point of view. There's going to be a lot of communication and a lot of experimentation when it comes to the social piece. And that is also part of growing that interpersonal awareness. The last one I'm going to talk about today that kind of drives me up the wall is that when people talk about teenagers being lazy or unmotivated. Oh my goodness. It's like, it's like we forget what it was like to be a teenager. Here's what we're going to switch unmotivated to. We're going to remind ourselves that teenagers are experiencing huge amounts of uncertainty of self-doubt and that there is a usually pretty new global awareness that involves a whole lot of things that look really bad and dark about the world. And that might lead to something that looks like apathy or a lack of movement. When you don't know what's coming next, it's really hard to take steps into that unknown. Teenagers get told that they're supposed to figure out what they want to be when they grow up. They're supposed to know what kind of career, where they want to live, what college they want to go to. All of these really big decisions at a time where, I don't know about you, but when I was 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, I didn't know what I was going to do the next week. Things were exciting and spontaneous maybe, but I didn't have that level of big picture. And even if I had some ideas about what I could do... The steps to get there seemed really hard, the outcome left me feeling very uncertain, and I also often doubted my own ability to do the next step, or the 15 next steps. For a lot of people, when you're faced with that level of uncertainty or self-doubt, it is easier not to start, because what if you start and that direction is wrong? What if you choose incorrectly? What if you make a mistake from the get-go? There's so much pressure on teenagers to pick a path that for a lot of people, it's a lot easier not to choose at all. And that can look like being unmotivated or like paralysis. So it's our job as their parents to look at that with a lot of compassion and to realize that sometimes not choosing what step to take next is because we're doubting our ability to take the step. And the global awareness piece is really difficult because they are at a stage where there's a much bigger understanding of bad things that are going on in the world. There's a bigger understanding of how small they might be in that world too. And so when you look at a world that feels like it's just kind of on fire all the time, It's hard to feel like your individual, seemingly small decisions are going to lead to any kind of big impact. And sometimes that can stop us from taking next steps, too. Our job as parents in those cases is to help them see their input and their contribution, help them trust themselves, help kind of give them little bursts, little boosts over some of these hurdles so that they can. to the next thing and get some proof that they can do it and to acknowledge the fact that there's a lot of stuff that's really hard to deal with lots of us adults know bad things are happening in the world and we just put blinders on or we compartmentalize and that's how we move to the next step a lot of the teenagers i work with they're kind of open and raw and they haven't figured out how to shut parts of that off yet and so It adds to the whole thing. It adds to the overwhelm. It adds to the desire to go isolate. It adds to the interpersonal drama and conflict because when a person's under stress, it it bleeds into their friend group and it can look again like being unmotivated when that's really the last thing that they might be. They're scared, really. So I hope this helps you reframe some of those stereotypical teenage behaviors Understand the feelings underneath because those feelings underneath can be talked about, can be dealt with, can be worked on. Um, and if we can be more transparent and like sink down below the, the, the content layer and into the process of what's going on, um, that can help them with their own understanding and awareness of themselves. And that can usually help them take action too. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Recreate Parenting Podcast. As always, I want to invite you to set aside and honor some time for creativity every single week by joining the Play With Purpose monthly membership group. You can find information about that and everything else I've got to offer for you creative parents at royadado.com. That's R-O-Y-A-D-E-D-E-A-U-X dot